Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Oh, and because I use that promo, I had enough money to uh, fix my microphone yesterday. Do, do I sound a bit better than I did on Wednesday, Ray Flowers? You you do, Kyle, and uh, we all appreciate that. Uh, you know, we were talking about it. You know, tech is fun when it works, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. At least you were here yesterday. A lot of people would have just passed, and you soldiered on. I appreciate. Well, that. I didn't really know it was going to be an issue until we went live, and I couldn't really leave thirty seconds into the show. That would be unfair to Ray. That would be unfair to the audience. I see already. Sal says this is much better than it was on Wednesday. So. Good to hear. Good to hear. We welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily. Back in 100%, at least we hope, 100%. My voice also sounds better yesterday. Yeah. I had a frog in it throughout. Uh, but feeling better, getting closer to the postseason. Uh, got some big news um, in terms of coaches. I think by now we've all heard the, the decisions, if you will, made by not only the Patriots, which is a huge one, but even the Seahawks, which is kind of a uh, profound decision as well with uh, what they have done with their coaching staff. So, that is what we will uh, hit on to get things rolling. We're going to talk more about the playoffs this upcoming weekend. Uh, Ray and I will get into some one-and-done playoff league strategies. I officially, Ray, uh, begin building my one-and-done lineup for this weekend. I can tell you this right off the top. I don't know if this is fair. And again, we're three days out, so I can right. change things and mm -hmm. move things around. But I've mostly just totally avoided the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Which is crazy, Ray, because mm -hmm. these teams offer huge upside, big play threats. Um, you know, usually they're in the mid-20s, if not 30s for these two teams. But I have been scared off by the temperatures. I'm, I'm just not there wanting to invest in a game where it's going to be like negative 10 on the wind chill Saturday night. Yeah, the weather is an issue. Uh, the lack of success down the stretch for the offense for the Chiefs is obviously a concern. Uh, the Dolphins have tons of players injured on both sides of the football. Uh, uncertainty there. So, you, you know, this game was played two months ago. Yeah. Like, let's train this thing up. We eight guys from this game in our lineups, right? But right now, I, I get your point, Kyle. Yeah, and, and we'll go through the strategies we employ. Um, some things that normally in fantasy football you don't really care about. You have to care about in uh, one-and-done fantasy football setups. So uh, we'll check in on that. I uh, want to remind you, DFS write-ups going on throughout the week, previewing the weekend to come Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's site. Uh, so look forward to that over at FantasyGuru.com. Uh, we will continue day three of our recap of all things at the QB position. Uh, we've talked about the guys who were QB1s in 2023. Then yesterday, we followed up that with guys that disappointed but were healthy in 2023. And Ray, I hope we don't have to do this every year, but today we're going to talk about quarterbacks who uh, were disappointments because they came down with big injuries. Yeah. They missed a ton of time. And these are big names. And uh, we will look ahead to 2024 and say, hey, is there any concern moving forward coming off these injuries? Um, some of these guys are getting up there in years as well. So we will talk it over a lot of QBs we will probably be wondering about when training camp rolls around in July and August. So Ray and I will get into that. As always, we lead with a few of the uh, discounts and uh, what do they call them? Enticements, I guess, that we have at Fantasy Guru. Ray, what's shaking for today? 
Yeah, that's that's what we call them. Um, we might have an announcement tomorrow of another opportunity. So come back tomorrow for that. Uh, today, uh, FSD20 gets you that discount on anything that we have. DFS, betting, seasonal, all of it, all the sports, FSD20. The DFS package for football is available right now if you want to stay with us. Uh, if you've been with us already, if you want to join us because you haven't previously, the DFS package covers you all the way through the Super Bowl. So you can sign up for that. You get the articles, the live streams, access to Discord, put those lineups together, have some success in the playoffs. And then we've got the rest of the season all-in NFL package, which is slightly a misnomer because it does go beyond the end of the regular season. You get the you get everything that we have for the playoffs, all the articles, rankings, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and then you get two other things. You also get the Super Bowl betting package, so you can make some coin there in the big game. And then you get access to the off-season franchise mode, which is basically, there's other things, but basically it's our coverage of the draft. So you get the player profiles, you get the breakdowns of who these guys are, what it looks like. Uh, that's all part of the all NFL package right now. That's $39.99. Okay, so do check it out. And you mentioned that Super Bowl uh, collection, if you will. Uh, that's a fun one. Uh, Jeff and the crew really dive into that. and They find the props that they like and some of the wagers that fit best for the upcoming Super Bowl. Of course, it can't be out now. You've got to wait until the matchups are settled. And beginning this weekend, we'll start to settle those matchups. Uh, before, Ray, we dive into the uh, playoffs and, and the news and notes and some of the things going on there. Uh, we'll talk about the big news, as you can see there on the uh, headlines. Um, a couple of eras completing. And, Ray, you can probably say the best of these eras were completed, you know, three, four years ago. When you talk about the Patriots and the Seahawks. Uh, both teams, it's not like, you know, the, the, the Patriots have fallen off the face of the earth. I realize this year was bad. Um, the Seahawks are no longer like a Super Bowl contender, uh, but they've been solid enough in the last couple of years. But, Ray, when you look at the last 20 years, these two franchises have uh, been near the top. Um, not always the best, but consistently a threat. And along with that, they have consistently been led by a couple of coaches. And yesterday and into today, uh, we got the big news that those coaches are out. And and I know we're a fantasy show and so on and so forth, but this is huge news, right? I mean, maybe the most successful NFL coach ever is now leaving New England, a guy who has dominated uh, the championship landscape over the past two decades. And then I know Pete Carroll kind of gets short shift here, but um, that's kind of the end of an era in Seattle as well as they move on. Let's start with Belichick. And uh, Ray, I would ask you this. We know in the fantasy universe, it was ugly with the Patriots. Um, once Ramondre Stevenson went down, they were kind of totally dead to me. <laughs> I mean, like, who cares? Um, is it going to be more of that next season? I, I kind of feel it will, Ray. I don't see anything where I look at this roster or I look at any of the wide receivers, tight ends, even running backs to an extent. And I say, oh, it can get better or they've got some talent here or this young guy is going to make a jump. It's pretty damn ugly what they've got in New England now as they move on from Bill Belichick. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think that's the general assessment that's accurate. Uh, this is a team that clearly doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, they've got the, the running back in Stevenson. I think he's a, a nice piece. Ezekiel Elliott, there's support. But it's, that's That works, right? And we saw that at times this season. Receiving core, you know, Demario Douglas seems like he can be a thing, right? But he's not a wide receiver one. He's a, you know, move the chains kind of guy. He's not a, a dominator. He's not a big guy. He's not high-pointing footballs in the end zone. Tyquan Thornton never developed, um, you know, boot couldn't even get on the field this year. You know, Devontae Parker, like this, the receiving core is a mess. You know, Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, are they even going to be on the team next year at tight end? So 
this this team, I think, was as bad as it was. I really do think it was held together by Bill Belichick. And I think that you know they have some serious work to do if they think they're making the playoffs in next year or the following year because uh, that roster, at least on the offensive side of things, is just not very good. I was just looking over the cap.com who does their best to keep track of all this stuff. And I say does their best because the NFL, the NBA, they're kind of crazy with contracts, yeah. uh, but they do do a pretty, pretty swell job. And one thing to keep in mind, uh, the, the NFL salary cap is going to jump like 30 million bucks. That's the projection for this off season. So everybody quote unquote, you know, is getting 30 more million dollars to kind of play with. But even before that, Ray, the Patriots are like, 40 million in empty cap space. So now you're talking like 70 million, which is a huge number. And I don't know where that ranks compared to other NFL teams, but I guess that is a sort of an attraction. Now the free agency world Ray is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. And look no further than the Patriots. You know, they've tried to go out and target guys and sign guys and add receivers. And, you know, they spent all that money on two tight ends a few years back and it's failed. It has not worked. So you know, it's an attraction when you've got that much money and you need to rebuild and you need to find talent. But whoever takes this job, it's it's still going to be a difficult one. It's, you know, they've got some draft picks. The Patriots have always traded back. You know, they've always kind of totaled up third rounds and fourth rounds and fifth rounds. But you just kind of wonder how big this rebuild is. And remember, you're going to be, you are expected, if you're Mike Vrabel or anybody else, Ray, you're expected to come in and get back to the top of the AFC East. I mean, it's not like you're taking over the Panthers and they're willing to wait two or three years. This this is a difficult challenge, even with the money and a few of the draft picks. And and number one is finding a quarterback because, Ray, as I see it, mm-hmm. they don't got one, do they? I, I mean, they they you don't want to be going into next season with either Zappy or Mac Jones as your lead guy. I mean, if you do that, Ray, you're setting yourself up for four more wins next season. And I don't know what they're going to do with that position. Sure, you can draft it. But that's, you know, that's not going to help you, I don't think, immediately in 2024. Yeah, and I think the expectation, obviously, is that the Bills and the Dolphins are here to stay at least next couple years, right? You've got the Jets, who, if Aaron Rodgers is back, should be better. Their defense is solid, right? So Patriots, I mean, what's the path of them finishing anywhere but last? Like, that's, it's really, it's they have a tough division. And when you start looking at the roster, like you said, they they don't have a quarterback on this roster. Both their guys, Zappi and, and Jones, to me, are backups, as you said, as suggested. You know, you look at the free agent market. Kirk Cousins isn't likely to go there, right? I think he's likely to stay in Minnesota. We'll see, mm-hmm. but especially if he's willing to take a discount. And then look at these names: uh, Kirk, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston. I mean, wow. You want to talk about a bridge? Those guys are all at best a bridge. It's right? maybe a halfway completed bridge to the <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they go Josh Dobbs and just let him run wild. But the, the fact is that there's a lot of retreads. There's a lot of veteran quarterbacks that are best as backup quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah, this is a really tough scenario. They, they I ideally love to draft someone, I'm sure. Um, but even so, as we talk about and talk about and talk about, there's not a high level of success anymore, even with taking quarterbacks early. Wonder if. Uh... And, and Cleveland wouldn't do this, but, you know, kind of look at their situation, Ray, and heck, Joe Flacco, come back for a year, or even, hey, Deshaun Watson will trade for you as long as Cleveland pays a portion of your contract. I, I don't know. They're going to have to get creative. And, you know, on the other on the flip side of this, Ray, Belichick is, is obviously got the name recognition. There's a lot of jobs open. There's a lot of lousy franchises. We talked about this yesterday. You know, Bill Belichick out there, it sounds like he's still interested in coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the term that was applied to this decision was, 
mutually decided to part ways, which pretty well means the Patriots said, we can say it that way or we can fire you. That's that's usually what it means. Right. So he chose the, the high road, if you will. I, I brought this up a few weeks ago, Ray. Well, I guess a month, well over a month ago when it kind of came out that they'd made the decision to move on from Belichick. And, you know, I get Atlanta. Okay, wow, we got Bill. But it's a two-year hire. I mean, he's going to be 72, I think, at the start of next year. What is it, a three-year hire? Mm-hmm. I mean, the most attractive thing to me, if you send Bill Belichick to Atlanta, is as far as I'm concerned, Ray, the, the hoodie is retired. Because you're in a dome. You play road games in Tampa, Carolina, and New Orleans. I, I mean, hell, he's going to be wearing tank tops on the sidelines, I think. Sure. I hope he doesn't. He, no maybe, maybe, that would be maybe shocking he, if we didn't have that. Talk to Justin Fensterman and he can share wardrobes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that that to me is is an intriguing landing spot, the Falcons, because they've got talent on the offensive side of things. They've got a pretty solid defense. Belichick can come in and obviously improve that side of the football as well. But, I, you know, I, I didn't I didn't expect the last 24 hours, you know, because we were talking before the show. My elbow is messed up. I played baseball for years. My arm hurts. I, you know, okay. Throwing the ball for the dog. Here, I'm this old guy. My arm, like, I got to be careful. I'm going to tear a ligament in my elbow. I'm 20. I'm decades younger than these guys. <laughs> decades younger than these guys that we're talking about. I feel really young today, Kyle. But yeah. I think that, it, it, you know, Bill Belichick's one of the greatest football minds ever. I mean, yeah. if, even if it's only a three-year hire, there's a lot of organizations that we talked about last week. There's a lot of organizations that I don't think they ever hire anyone thinking they're going to be there longer than three years. So I think, yeah, if he wants it, he'll get it. I, I think it's safe to say I personally don't have the greatness gene. So maybe I, I don't think this way. But like to me, Ray, if I'm like the age of Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, like enjoy your time. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, and I get it. What else do they know how to do? I actually think Pete Carroll knows a lot of things that he's interested in doing. I think Bill Belichick, believe it or not, probably has interests outside of football. I know he's like a huge military buff. You know, he'd probably want to travel. It's like, I, I don't understand this and again i ray i'm not a great guy in in my walk of life I, I do enough i'm probably like most of you out there if you got to to 72 and you'd already made like 30 million bucks probably more than that 50 i don't know endorsements and all that mm-hmm. but ray i look at it it's like why would you even like why would i want to go to atlanta why, why and nothing against atlanta at all but why would i want to like restart at the age That's of true. 72 yeah I mean, I don't even think Walmart greeters would, would say, I'm going to leave Boston and go to Atlanta and start anew at the at the new super Walmart down there. It's like, I, it, it again, I, I don't understand it. And I don't even think, if I were a team owner, Ray, mm-hmm. I get the idea of, wow, we're bringing in the greatest coach ever. A guy who also has the most regular season losses in the history of the NFL. But yeah. well, why not just go to Jeff Fisher would be the question. Um, <laughs> And, and I get Ray, like that's cool, right. but like, do you really say we're in a good spot for the next five to ten years if you bring in a seventy-two-year-old coach? I mean, I haven't made thirty or fifty million dollars, and I, I've considered retiring at fifty-two. Yeah, so exactly. you know, yeah. I would quit ten years ago if I had their money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, for me, if I'm the owner of a team and I can get that guy, I'm getting that guy. I okay. think he, you know. Whether he's there for two years, three years, five years, the culture change that occurs, uh, the ability for him to teach others on my coaching staff that I can hopefully retain long term, those kind of things, you know, I think that's just worth doing. Uh, and well, what if he said uh, you have to bring Josh McDaniels with me? Well, well, I, I mean, they've been successful offensively at times. Yeah, uh, I, I think it really depends because 
you know, I think that it's fair, and we've talked about this previously, that let's strip him of GM stuff. Mm-hmm. Bill, go coach. If he's willing to go coach, we'll put the team together. We'll have you, we'll, we'll sit down and talk about it. We'll get your input. We'll put this team together. Someone else is going to make the ultimate decision there. You do the X's and O's. You got to be in. And, well, what about this, Ray? Yeah. What if he said, I don't want to coach. I want to be a GM. Now, his track record as a GM is not all that great. Right. I wonder if there's a team out there that said just having, you know, we kind of saw this with Tom Coughlin. Remember when he went to Jackson? I mean, yeah. he wasn't the GM, but he did have a higher position. Mm-hmm. I think it lasted like two, three years. And then he, you know, kind of said, yeah. screw. I, I wonder if Belichick has that thought at all, saying, you know, I don't want to coach. I don't want to put in the, you know, 15 hour days anymore, but maybe I want to be a GM and, and kind of rebuild the team. Well, I mean, again, if, if, if I'm any of these teams, like the Falcons as an example, had this horrible coach that didn't know what the hell he was doing. If I can get Bill Belichick in any form, I, I'm in. Like, I don't care if he wants to be the guy that, you know, changes the, the slides on the projector. If I can get Bill Belichick <laughs> in the building, I'm doing it. Um, so I think that it would – let's hope he has enough self-understanding and awareness to realize that, look, I can do this still as well as anybody, this other part, for whatever reason, okay – but I'm going to do this. Let's hope he doesn't say I got to have 17 titles and all that. Cause I don't know how many organizations would be in for that with the, with a guy that age, even with him being Bill Belichick. Uh, Pete Carroll uh, reassigned, if you will, to kind of an advisory role, something in the front office. I don't know. I lose track of all these titles they create, but kind of sounded Ray, like maybe that wasn't his first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I, I, I think he's probably going to stay with Seattle. I don't know. I don't know if there's a, job out there maybe the chargers come calling you know who knows who comes calling with these things i'm sure mark davis has called both these guys they've probably ignored his call like <laughs> I, don't, I don't see pete carroll or, or bill bell but but it's kind of wild to think about these two guys within 24 hours both in their 70s and um i, I don't know if pete carroll's a legend but i think he's a well-known very successful coach and always seemed young um i wish him the best i i don't know if as a fan base for any of the teams looking for coaches, I'd, I'd be amped. But again, if somebody says, oh, you can have uh, Pete Carroll or you can have Ben Johnson, you know, I don't know what people think. Maybe maybe they say I'd rather have Ben Johnson, who's an up and comer. Uh, we shall see. A friend of mine, Ray, did make a point in text, and I loved this. I told him I would steal it. Um, attribution to Kyle. Another Kyle, not me. Uh, but but he noted, Ray, he really hopes ESPN or whomever does a Carol Belichick Manning cast kind of thing next season. Hmm. Wouldn't that be fun? Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick sitting there commenting on football games. I, I don't know. I, I, I doubt either one is interested. Carol maybe. I don't think Bill Belichick is interested in that. But that's a, a, a very fun idea, Ray, to have these two coaches in their 70s sitting on their couch, you know, eating some queso and uh, breaking down Sunday night football, Monday night football. When, like, put it on Peacock. Mm-hmm. You know, NBC has Sunday night football and have Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick spend their Sunday night with us. Joe in, in the chat room says, throw in Nick Saban. I was just going to say, Saban's 72 and he's, yeah. just, they're all gone. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, you break those three together though, Ray, you're probably forking over like 60 million bucks. For 10 minutes. All the game. <laughs> Um, I, I like that. I think it's a maybe do it once. Do it for a Thanksgiving game or something. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a hoot day for these three guys. Yeah, sometimes they get together like NFL films will get these guys together, yeah. you know, right around the Hall of Fame induction or something, and they'll sit down for an hour and talk. But <laughs> yeah, that would I mean that would be something. Their uh their their viewership is always good anyway. But if they were to throw one or two or three of those guys in with the Manning brothers, 
they get some ratings, Kyle. Uh, last thing on this. So we got all sorts of job openings now, Ray, all over the place. Um, where does Seattle and New England kind of rank in the hierarchy of openings? You've got Carolina, Atlanta, Vegas, um, the Chargers. Is there anybody else I'm missing there? I think there's seven, six or seven teams. Seven. Yeah. yeah. You know, Seattle, to me, it's a, in a pretty decent spot. I mean, they finished one game out of the playoffs this mm -hmm. year. They got talent, especially on the offensive side, not so much defensively. New England, we talked about their situation, but obviously we know the winning tradition. Where would you know if, if people said Ray Flowers, you're going to be an NFL coach? Uh, mm -hmm. Where do you want to end up here? Do, do you have like where do those two teams land? I think Seattle area is beautiful. I'd love to be in Seattle. Um, you know, I'm I'm intrigued by the Falcons, Falcons and the Chargers. Really, those would be the two that would really. Uh, you know, the, the, the Chargers have got the quarterback, the Falcons don't, right? So that that a lot of coaches coaching decisions are kind of, I think, made that way. Like, you know, who am I going to get a quarterback? Am I going to have Gardner Minshew and Taylor Heineke as my quarterback if I'm with the Falcons? So I think those two, to me, are the most intriguing. I think that Falcons team, you know, we've, we've all talked about it, was mismanaged to the nth degree. That could be a playoff team easily next year in that division. Yeah, I, I think the idea of Belichick with the Falcons, Ray, there's maybe a little legs on it, too, because their owner is Arthur Blank. I think he's like 83. And to him, Ray, it's probably like, I just want a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. I came close a few years ago and Bill Belichick ripped my heart out in that, that game against the Falcons. Um, there, there's probably an idea of I don't want to hire a brand new coach and then wait around for him to learn the job in three. You know, I tried that with Arthur Smith. I guess Dan Quinn was kind of that guy when they hired him. He'd been a coordinator. And so like Arthur Blank, Ray, he's probably looking at this and maybe that is a huge attraction of like, honestly, I'm probably not here in 10 years from now. What can I do in the next five years to to get back to the top or to reach the top? They've never won a Super Bowl in Atlanta. They've been there a couple of times, but maybe he sees Bill Belichick as the quickest route to it. He probably doesn't care how old Belichick is because maybe all he's looking at is a three-year window coming up. Maybe. And again, I'm telling you, I usually look at the players and be like, man, I'm so old. All this discussion about guys in their 70s and 80s. I'm feeling good today, Kyle. I'm going to go out and run a marathon or something. My God. But yeah, again. The, the, I, I got a feeling Pete Carroll could beat me in, oh, in a yeah. marathon. Right? <laughs> and he's still got the energy and everything. And, you know, you, you never know what the meetings are like behind the scenes yeah. and what the goals are and everything. But, you know, I'm an old guy and I'm, I'm rich and I want to win. Sounds like a something I'd be into if I was in my 80s as well, Kyle. Yeah, of course, neither the uh, Seahawks nor the Patriots nor any of those other teams are in the postseason. Uh, let's uh, shift gears, kind of look ahead. Um, updated reporting, Ray. Amari uh, Cooper's still missing practices. Today he needs to practice, right? I mean, that's got to happen. It's a Saturday game, by the way, too. So he, he needs to be out there today. If he gets another DMP, I know they're saying heal and also rest. I I'm starting to think this is more heal than rest with, with Amari Cooper. Yeah, I think it's almost 100% lock he plays, like 100%. Now, is that he's 80% of himself? Is he on a 25 snap pitch count kind of? I I would like to see him practice. I think I, you know, I again they 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 need him. Uh, I think that you know if you pull back a little bit, Amari Cooper is a really good football player who's very productive. Who one day might make the Hall of Fame. He might. But there's always been this, he's a little soft, he, he doesn't come up in big, there's a little bit of that around him too. And I think that if you're introspective, you got to be like, hey man, you know, everyone respects me, but I'm going to make them respect me. Mm -hmm. And I think he needs to get out there and do some stuff in the playoffs. So I'd be shocked if he didn't play. And then it's just a matter of how healthy is he when he's out there.
Well, if he is limited, you, you kind of worry a bit about that Cleveland offense. The other receivers are nothing great. You do have David Njoku. Um, it was good to see Kareem Hunt back at practice, limited fashion. I would assume he's good to play. Um, on the Houston side, Will Anderson, rookie uh, D-end or edge rusher, if you will. Uh, he missed practice yesterday, so we'll have to follow his status because uh, I, I know we don't talk a bunch about defenders in season, but certainly in these kind of matchups uh, in the playoffs, do or die time, you want to pay attention to that. Uh, let's see if, if, if Ray, would you, let's say Cooper's out. Yeah. Would you all of a sudden kind of worry about the whole Browns offense? I mean, is he that critical? Like, especially for DFS players who are thinking Flacco, uh, thinking Njoku, maybe taking a shot on these random receivers behind like Elijah Moore, whoever the hell it may be. Uh, would that worry you uh, about the Texans going into Saturday, or excuse me, the Browns going into Saturday? Yeah, it would because Elijah Elijah only played six snaps last game. Cedric Tillman's got a concussion. You know, Marquise Goodwin's beat up. Like he, we're already we're already tempting fate with a 107 year old guy in a wheelchair at quarterback, right? We're already so we need he needs these pieces out here. What might happen? And this obviously Houston would know this. If Cooper's out, I mean, is it 14, 15 targets to Njoku? Is it just like, here we go, kid? Yeah. You know, I, that might be the, the path. These other guys at the receiver position, you know, they're beat up. They're young, inexperienced. They desperately need Cooper out there for the offense to function the way that we expect it to. That game gets going uh, Saturday. First game of the weekend, 430 for the uh, Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns. First game on Sunday is Pittsburgh and Buffalo. That is a... One o'clock Eastern kickoff. Najee Harris got a DNP on Wednesday, but everybody's kind of sensing this is just rest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's all the reporting, so I would have to assume that's mostly correct. Uh, Khalif Raymond of Detroit. I know he's not one of the big guns, Ray, but if you're not going to have Laporta, mm -hmm. you know, guy like Raymond maybe gets a few more touches, but uh, he gets a DNP with a knee injury yesterday. So Detroit is something to follow there. Um, elsewhere, all the Miami guys appear to be limited. You know, I, I think they're going to play. Um, you know, Buffalo's got the issue with Gabe Davis, still kind of wanting to see if he's limited this week. I, I would assume he is. Overall, Ray, we're in a decent spot. A.J. Dillon, I guess, is a question mark for Green Bay. But again, it's A.J. Dillon. Um, I, I would say the big one's Cooper, and then everybody else kind of filters in behind him in terms of big names we have to worry about. Yeah, because I'm assuming, as we discussed, I think it was yesterday here on the show, that Mostert and Waddle are both going to play for the Dolphins. It's a matter of, you know, how effective they'll be. That's my expectation at this point. But it's a long season. We talk about it every year. You know, you get to this point of the year, everyone's beat up. Everyone on that football field is dealing with something. And, uh, you know, these guys, for the majority of them, they they gut it out. And then we find out three days later that, you know, I had a broken ankle or whatever. Like, these guys are... These guys are pretty fierce when it comes to playing, and it's going to take something really significant to keep them off the football field yeah. in the playoffs. Well, it's very true. We always hear, if it was the postseason, he'd be playing. And and I think a guy like Jalen Waddle, Ray, maybe if it's week nine, he's not. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a true high ankle, then he's he's really going to be limited going into that game. It's not going to feel good in that frigid weather. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Devonta Smith's another one. Um, haven't heard much about his status going into the week, but we'd always heard it was a low ankle sprain. So uh, didn't play last week, missed another week, so hopefully he's going to be good for Monday night. Uh, this all leads us to uh, some playoff fantasy football. And yesterday, Ray, we kind of ran through some of the options that people can play. We've got write-ups over at fantasyguru.com. And we stated yesterday that you and I both kind of prefer the one-and-done setup, uh, which, again, for those who've never played it, uh, pretty well every week you're putting together a new lineup. Your options as to who to play are based off of who you have not played yet. Uh, so if you choose Amari Cooper in week one of the fantasy playoffs and Cleveland wins, 
doesn't matter for week two of the playoffs because you still don't have Amari Cooper. You get him for that one game, one and done, and you're left with a pool of guys you haven't chosen yet. Um, I enjoy it, Ray. It combines fantasy with DFS. There are no salaries um, associated with this. It's kind of a, a pure put together. People can have the same guys in their lineup, so there's no exclusivity to anybody you pick. Um, Ray, the first thing I always say when we talk strategies here is you actually sit down with the uh, the playoff bracket mm -hmm. and, and you play out how you think it's going to go. I did this this morning, mm -hmm. and I ended up with San Francisco versus Buffalo. So crazy things. Huh? I also ended up with Philadelphia against San Francisco in my NFC championship. So crazy things. That's that's how I am. Now, have you filled out your bracket yet? Have you made yeah. Okay. We well, I actually shared it on Jeff Mann's show yesterday, Elite Sports. It's on uh, Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio from 3 to 5. Uh, I ended up with the Niners as well, but the Ravens. I had the Ravens beating the Bills in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I felt – and, you know, you say that, and I, I, even, I mentioned yesterday too, it's like it's so chalk. I feel, yeah. you know, it's like, ah, man. But that's that's how my bracket played out. I ended up with, the, again, the Ravens and the Niners in the, in the Super Bowl. And so the reason you do that is it kind of tells you, okay, and, and you know, hey, we don't know who's going to win all these games. we got favorites and we all have picks and such. But it gives you kind of a roadmap of when to use certain guys. Um, now, after I fill out that bracket, Ray, Mm -hmm. The next thing I like to do is then look at all of our playoff teams yeah. and write down anybody at all the positions who I consider an option. You know, a, a guy that, hey, maybe they're not my favorite, but if I got to use them, it's fine. Um, now, who doesn't like emerges options? I, I would maybe say this, Ray. I'm not like when I'm writing down wide receivers, I'm not going to write Elijah Moore. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to write Tutu Atwell with the L.A. Rams, you know. Um, are, let me think, uh, tight end. I mean, who the hell is the tight end in Houston? Uh, Dalton Schultz. Okay, I guess I write him down. I'm trying to think of a team that doesn't really have. Uh, Kate Otten wouldn't really be a guy on my list of usable dudes. Right. You know, with Tampa Bay. So that's why I mean, it's going to be a huge list. I mean, pretty well, the only quarterback Ray I wouldn't have is Mason Rudolph. Like to me, I, I, I never want to even consider him. Mm -hmm. But I look at these other playoff teams and at quarterback, I'm, even Baker Mayfield, Ray, I'm fine with all of them. Yeah, and I think that this it's it's what the it's so fun about this format is the ability to bob and weave when you have to. And I think you're doing the right thing here, which is something that you know you've done it for decades, so it makes sense you have a plan. You look at the whole field and you decide who's in and who's out. Now you might end up Browns make the Super Bowl. My gosh, you might use Elijah Moore. You're not saying you wouldn't use him, but you can't plan to use him. And I think it's a good exercise. You, you figure out the team scenario. Then mm -hmm. you start looking at the pool of players. Uh, and I think that it's, you know, we'll, we'll, we get into it, you know, in weeks three and four where it's like we only have two options left. Here we go. But at this point in time, understanding kind of ex your expectations for how it's going to play out factor in as well as the players themselves, I guess I should say. And, and another thing, after I kind of get that list together, you know, I filled out my bracket, get my list of, and it's probably going to be like 50, 60 players. You know, it's going to be a big number mm -hmm. uh, with all the teams. Then, Ray, I, I start to look at defenses that I would worry about matchups. And the easy one this year would be Baltimore and San Francisco. I think Baltimore at home is a tough matchup. I think taking on San Francisco in their house is a tough matchup. And what I mean by that, Ray, is... As I play it out, you know, the, the, the Ravens and the Niners will get the lowest seed 
still alive next week. So as I fill out my bracket, you know, who will the Ravens play? Who will the the 49ers play? And again, we're all guessing here as to who they're going to play. This is part of the importance of filling out the bracket and understanding things. But Ray, when I did that, uh, for instance, I have the Rams upsetting Detroit this week. Now, if people may totally disagree with that, but that's how my bracket was filled out. If that happens, Ray, Mm -hmm. next week, I'm not touching the Rams. Like I, so it kind of forces me this week to use the Rams. Um, so in my first draft of my team this week, Ray, I had Stafford, Cup, and Williams. Now that that's risky. They're an underdog. I get it. Uh, but I think they're going to score points. I I believe they can even get points even if they lose. But it's weird, Ray, to go into a week where you have twelve quarterbacks available, or no. Yeah, is it 12? No, we got two, four, five. Yeah, I guess 12 quarterbacks. And I'm choosing Matthew Stafford. And I'm not choosing Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I'm choosing Matthew Stafford. And and I, I put that down, Ray, and was like, ugh. But it leaves me with an open field for the rest of the playoff to kind of go with maybe that sixth or seventh option mm-hmm. in week one leaves me with everybody still available as long as things play out the way I think they're going to play out. Yeah. Now see, I have the the lions beating the Rams, Mm -hmm. but I would still, I haven't put my team together yet, but I would still strongly believe I'm going Kyron Williams because you know, this, the running back position is really messy this year. A lot of the guys that we turn to in the fantasy space aren't available because they're not in the playoffs. We got guys dealing with injuries coming into the playoffs. And I think that whether the Rams win or lose, Kyron Williams is, you know, he's going to get 20 touches, right? And mm-hmm. I'm willing to play that this week. I haven't decided yeah. on the quarterback, Stafford or whatever, you know. Uh, but weather's not going to be an issue and the offense runs through the backfield. So, I'm yeah. again, Kyron Williams, I think, is in my lineup, even though we look at the outcome of the game differently. It just goes to show you that, you know, you have to play the, the holistic nature of the playoff because i'm anticipating the rams losing so i want to use anyone i think is good yeah you're anticipating yeah. him winning and you're still going to use the players because of the way you see the, the brackets playing out yeah exactly the way that and and that's one reason like uh, in joku i'm probably going to use him this week the, the tight end field's not loaded as is but ray i i've got cleveland winning that game Me too. um but then they would take on the ravens mm-hmm. so that you know i'm not going to really use anybody from cleveland next week and even if Amari Cooper plays, I don't think I'm going to touch him just because the uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hedge a bit with some Detroit stuff. I mean, I, I think uh, in my initial build, I'm on Ross St. Brown's in there. Um, I think I had uh, Gibbs as well still sitting in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, you start to build these things. Um, I think defensively, um, I, I'm using defenses that, you know, in, in, we know how defenses are scored. You're hoping for fumble touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. But Ray, and and this is, again, very weird. The Stafford one was weird to me whenever I look back at it. And then this one was too. I think Philadelphia wins Mm -hmm. at Tampa. I'm going to take them to win straight up. Me too. Their defense has been pitiful for six, seven weeks now. But I think they're playing a fairly weak offense too. An offense that scored nine points against Carolina I think there's something to the fact, and this is just a guessing game, but this idea of the Eagles realize what's going on. Now it's the playoffs. Let's get right. 
let's show some pride. We're, we're, we were a Super Bowl favorite five, six weeks ago. The defense has not played well. Don't get me wrong. But, Ray, outside of Mike Evans kind of hurting you with one of his patented, you know, 45-yard touchdowns, or I, I don't see this Tampa team as something I'm scared of or a team that can rack up points. I, I think Baker Mayfield can make mistakes. I think Rashad White can maybe have a fumble in it, you know. So I, I, I may change all of this, but as of now, Philadelphia was my defense. Um, I'm never going to use I'm not going to use them against San Francisco. I'm not going to use them against Dallas if that's the matchup. Right. So I, I kind of just said, when's the one time I would use Philadelphia? Looking at how the matchups may play out, it's only this game against Tampa. So it, it was a team I'm never going to touch the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Like if they got to the Super Bowl, I'm not using them against the Ravens or the Bills. I wouldn't feel good about that. So I, I said, what the hell? I'll use them now against a pretty lackluster offense this weekend. And another aspect of this too is that, and we've seen it playing out, Baker Mayfield's all kinds of beat up. Yeah. Right. He's got he's got multiple issues he's dealing with. And if he were to go down and it's Kyle Trask, I mean, they, that Tampa Bay offense gets even worse. Right. So it is again, I haven't put my team together, but it is fascinating to think about it because you're right. You, there's so many matchups where you wouldn't use the Eagles because there's all these high powered offenses right now that are available. Right. You talk about how they played down the stretch, which wasn't good. You talk about the matchup, which appears to be good. It's a it's an interesting. The good news is, you know usually i mean what's the defense going to get you it's going to be in the five to 15 point range usually like there's not often the defense score 30 points and you miss out on something like that so even though it's a difficult decision that's one position team defense that usually you're kind of in the ballpark if that makes sense and and then one last thing at least for me on this and then ray can add anything he might want but um the teams that i feel best about winning this week most confident in Buffalo, Dallas. I don't have anybody from those teams, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm most confident in them. Um, it's the idea of saving them for the next round, the next matchup. Additionally, I go back to Miami and Kansas City, Ray. I don't think I have anybody in that game. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know in the chat room, somebody kind of brought Tyreek Hill. I don't think that's automatic at all with the way that Sneed kid, Legereus Sneed, has shut down guys and considering the conditions. So it's kind of weird. Like, this is the beauty. This is the agony, if you will, of these setups, Ray, is I think the Bills probably do win by 10 or more. I think the Cowboys can actually sort of blast the Packers. I think it could get ugly. But I'm not touching those guys, and I'm not touching Chiefs or Dolphins. It's And, and that's dangerous to ignore teams outright. But I, I kind of want to see who wins with the Chiefs and Dolphins. I want to get in better playing conditions, if you will. Now, if Kansas City and Buffalo wins, Kansas City will go to Buffalo next week. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the playing conditions will be like? Right. Uh, but these are the these are the inner monologues. These are the back and forth you have to have, and I guess the tough decisions you have to make. Yeah, and it's like I'll say it this way too. It's like you know, using Josh Allen at any point is never wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not. It maybe you should save them, maybe, but you know, I think it'll be fascinating next week. This the, the next the next batch of let's make these decisions. What people do with the Ravens and the Niners are is everyone going to hold these guys and hold them and hold them and think Super Bowl? Because I mean, you think about it. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is light years better than every other running back this season. For the Niners to win a game, he's touching the ball twenty times. He's scoring touchdowns, right? Like he he could put up a thirty-five spot, right, in the fantasy space. 
if what if you miss that? What if the Niners lose? Yeah. You know, you're not whoever, you know, you're not getting that back. The next running back that you put in next week is not getting you 35 points. So I think that to me will be the, the interesting thing to follow is how many people hold Ravens and Niners in particular if they play the bracket out thinking both are going to reach the Super Bowl. Well, and, and to answer that question, Ray, I would probably hold off on San Francisco because me personally, I've got them in the Super Bowl. Now, maybe there's a George Kittle, you know, depending. Yeah. There may be one guy, but I doubt I go multiple Niners. Can tr- compare that to the Ravens. I, I, you know, and the Ravens, great team. But, Ray, there's nothing really automatic here with, like, I mean, outside of Lamar Jackson, it kind of – so there's not a lot of options, as you tend to think. But if I don't have them going to the Super Bowl, and I would have them winning next week getting to the AFC Championship, but maybe I'd use Lamar Jackson next week Mm -hmm. in that matchup against Cleveland. Um, Would I like that more than in a matchup against Buffalo? Maybe I would. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's – and, hey, Ray, if – Let's say, you know, San Francisco gets beat in that round. I'm cooked. Yeah. Um, you know, if if uh, the Rams go to Detroit and get beat 35 to 7, I'm cooked. Now, I, I can still catch up. Nobody's finished after one week. But right. those are kind of my thoughts, my initial strategies. Um, anything I missed or anything you kind of add or look yeah. at when you look at one and done? I would just say, just to directly say it, because I don't know if either of us did, that for me – you do the bracket and you work backwards, right? Who's going to be each round? Who's going to still be playing? You work backwards. Who's available? Who's available? And I, at the end of the day, if there's a toss-up, I'm playing the guy on the team I think is going to lose because I don't think they're going to be there next week. If it's a toss-up, if it's A or B, and oh, I don't know, go with the guy on the team that you think is going to lose this week because you get the production this week. You obviously wouldn't have him available next week. There are, and again, I think it was really good for us to talk about the Rams because we both saying we're attracted to Rams this week, despite mm-hmm. the fact we see the game going differently yeah. because of the, the whole picture. Well, does of the, that speak to you? Think that game is probably going over fifty points, closer maybe to sixty? Yeah, I think yeah. And again, weather we're worried about weather in, with the Chiefs. We're not worried about the weather with the Rams and Lions, right? So let's let's open this thing up and let's have a, a, a slobber knocker of offense, thirty-one to twenty-eight or something. Let's go. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about this tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to focus a little more on the DFS aspect, uh, not so much the playoff fantasy leagues aspect. Uh, but we'll probably throw in some stuff that works for DFS and for a one-and-done setup. So we'll do that on tomorrow's show. Uh, Ray, in our final 10 to 15 minutes, uh, let's get back to something we've been discussing all week long, quarterbacks. Uh, we've spent some time running through the, the positives and negatives of the year that was. And when I say negatives at quarterback, uh, yesterday – we stayed away from all the injuries. We didn't hit on those guys. Disappointments, yes, but hey, it's an injury. Ray, I'm looking at this, and my gosh, the names. Guys, you know, and here's a reminder for everybody. Uh, pull out your tissues. Burrow, Herbert, Richardson, Cousins, Rogers, Watson, Daniel Jones. Uh, those are the bigger names, I guess you could say. Looking ahead, that's kind of why we want to talk about these guys. Burrow and Herbert, Ray, do you feel any differently about those two guys than you did, say, five months ago? Like, when we go into next year, are Burrow and Herbert still on that same trajectory of success, of being solid QB1s? Are you still there with both Herbert and Burrow? By the way, just to look at it, my Dynasty League, according to my Dynasty League, there's 86 quarterbacks that were on the field this year. <laughs> wow. Uh, including Kyle Allen, who had the minus 1.3 points as the Ooh. ignominious loser of the whole Well, he can only go up from here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
to answer your question, I think that Burrow and Herbert, to me, no, they're the same guy. The okay. questions about Burrow and Herbert are what's around them. Like, who's Herbert's coach? What's the receiving group? Do they bring back Higgins in, in uh, Cincinnati? Do they bring back Joe Mixon? Are they going to lose their OC? You know, so they're, it's not about the players. I have to, If I had these guys in keeper dynasty leagues, like Burrow and Herbert are 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, let's go. Like, those are the, they're just locked into that, in my opinion. The question is, how much higher do we get than that? And that's based upon what happens around them. The, the Herbert thing, Ray, you talk about who's in, who's out. We talked about Keenan Allen. They can save a load of money getting rid of him. Yep. Austin Eckler's probably gone. Yep. These other receivers, Quentin Johnson, I don't think anybody's fired up about him. Mike Williams, it's just like, you know, he's going to be there eight weeks and that's it. That one could get dangerous, I think. And you're right. We, wait and see who's the coach, what other moves do they make. But I, I do kind of worry because he may be dealing with not much around him. And I guess somebody has to catch the football. Somebody has to get the yardage. But you compare that to two years ago when you had Eckler, Allen, Williams. Like that would be a concern with that much change in, in one offseason for Justin Herbert. Yeah, there are some big names that are out there if they want to replace Keenan Allen, which I think is possible as we're talking about because of his age and his salary. There's Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Calvin Ridley, um, you know, Tyler Boyd, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Mike Evans. Like there's, you know, there's some names out there that they could obviously bring in to help. And I think that, you know, whether it's Allen or someone else, they need the someone else because like we're talking about the receiving core is constantly injured. Uh, Johnston looked completely unready to be an NFL contributor as a rookie. And part of his problems were it seemed to be effort, which you could fix. Uh, not being able to catch, I don't know if you can fix. So yeah, the Chargers need to do, they need to do some things because they could be without their number one and number two weapons beyond their quarterback in Eckler and Allen next season. Obviously, uh, Burrow and Herbert, we're hoping they've got you know at least a decade yet to play. Uh, we don't have a decade left for Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. We're, we're probably into the uh, sunset years. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers would dispute that, but he disputes most everything. So I'm not going to apologize for <laughs> saying something he may not agree with. But Ray Cousins and Rogers, QB twos and nothing more. And and how high are they on the QB two for next season? I mean, I think in the case of Cousins and Rogers, both these guys coming back from Achilles injuries, right? We have to we assume everything will be okay. I want to see it, right? I want to see these guys moving around because this, this Achilles injuries are significant. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a liar. I mean, we found that out at the end of the season. He was never going to play this year. He lied all along. Oh, liar. So I, I don't I want to see it. These are not young guys. And I think that QB2 is where they'd be. They'd probably be high end QB2. And again, I mean, look at this group, Kyle. Like we've talked about, like Sam Howell, Russell Wilson, these guys, Trevor Lawrence, these guys are top 15 quarterbacks this year. And they so I think that Cousins in particular is someone that would intrigue me more because I think that there would be more of an aptitude in Minnesota to have cousins throw it 39 times. Whereas Aaron Rodgers probably throws it 29 times and they use their defense a little bit more. So I, I have cousins ahead of Rodgers at this point. I, I, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week, the idea that I, I, in years past, have had zero problems. If you draft one of the top five QBs, um, not drafting a second QB this year kind of changed my perception there. And, and I think for people next year, Ray, who go the Jackson route or the uh, Hertz route, Mahomes, I think Aaron Rodgers is an awesome QB too. You know, now who knows if he gets to week eight and, you know, who knows what kind of happens. But that would be uh, the target 
of mine is is an Aaron Rodgers. And I think Cousins is going to go earlier. But Rodgers, right, we even saw it this year. And I don't think it's going to be much different next year. But Aaron Rodgers in some leagues, right, didn't even get drafted. You know, there were some leagues where 15 QBs or 18 QBs went off the board. And Aaron Rodgers might have been that 18th guy or that 19th guy. Um, With this injury, and we'll have to see what the hype does. I mean, they're going to have Wilson. They're going to have Hall. Uh, but Ray, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if he gets Devonte Adams, I mean, that would change everything. Rogers probably would vault to a QB one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that if that rumor comes to fruition, Ray, I don't think there's a way that Aaron Rodgers would fall out the top twelve. Yeah, and you know, we we're talking about Cousins too, right? What if Jefferson holds out or he's yeah. with another team? They make him then his value. So yeah, this is it's what makes drafting early fun in fantasy football, and also what can lead to disastrous results if you're one of these people that has to do a draft as early as you possibly can because you need to know who the head coach is you need to know who the offensive coordinator is you need to know the quarterback is you need to know who the receivers are you need to know all these things because it's a it's a web of you know like you're saying Aaron Rodgers quarterback 15 Aaron Rodgers quarterback nine like it can make that much of a difference if we add Devonta Adams and Garrett Wilson all of a sudden there'll be a story every six minutes in the fantasy space about Aaron Rodgers going to throw for you know 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns so yeah it really does you know roster manipulation uh, plays a huge part in the analysis of what we should be expecting from the quarterback position. Uh, the next two guys I got on this list of guys who were injured in 2023 and kind of the outlook for 2024 are both guys that if you waited at quarterback, and I do, um, in fact, one of these guys I had as my starter in a couple of leagues, it blew up in my face, bad decision by Kyle. But right to Sean Watson and Daniel Jones, I on the immediately, right here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with these guys next year. I, I'm, I'm done with Watson. I, I said, I'll give it a roll of the dice. I saw nothing this year that gets me excited about the future. And with Daniel Jones, I've never been a Jones backer. I just haven't. I, I feel like so much was driven by you've got to get rushing from Daniel Jones. And he's not a great rusher. He has those moments, but he's not a guy who they, they draw up eight to 10 carries for. You know, he's not that sort of quarterback. So, Ray, I'm, I'm bailing on both these guys. I don't like what the Giants say. Maybe without Barkley, these receivers, I don't care what they did down the stretch. I'm not really in. So both these guys, to me, uh, do not touch. Do not draft, if you will, next season. Even as QB2s, I don't like them. Yeah, I th- well, I think it's the cost. Like, as a QB2, yeah, okay. Would I take these guys as my QB1? No, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, Daniel Jones has had flashes. You know, he's athletic. He can use his legs. Sometimes he looks good as a passer. Sometimes he doesn't. The receiving core, the offense overall, as you talked about it, with the Giants, is completely up in the air. So I agree with you. Like he's and his injuries too. Now this is mm-hmm. multiple years we're dealing with things with him. So he's well down the list. Uh, I think Watson. I mean, I I don't know, man. I mean, we've we've talked about this guy for years now since uh, the Browns gave him the idiotic contract they did with all the off the field stuff and all that. And you know, it, you're there's serious condemnation heading your way. When Joe Flacco takes over the offense and it looks better than with you, <laughs> it I mean, takes off like a rocket. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's with all the guys injured on the offensive line and without Nick Chubb, it's like my gosh, Watson didn't do. I mean, he put on two good quarters this year. Like he didn't do anything that I saw that was Deshaun Watson from the Texans. He just wasn't that guy. And we're years now, years removed from that guy. And I don't know if he's coming back at this point, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to pay the the price of admission yeah. to find out. I can tell you that. Um, last guy on here is Anthony Richardson. And I, I brought up this topic uh, earlier in the week when we were talking about kind of the top 10 for next year. It, 
Ray, he's going to be there, right? I, I think he is, and it's risky. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the risk I took with Deshaun Watson this year. <laughs> you know, we, we, what we saw of Richardson, Ray, um, it was fantasy-friendly. Yes. It really was. Mm-hmm. But it was also fantasy-ugly with unable to complete a game. So that's the it, here's the thing with Richardson, and I don't know that I'll have many shares. But, Ray, if I get a share, and I've said this before, it's a double tap at quarterback. If I draft Richardson, let's say I get him in the seventh round, I'm probably drafting a quarterback in the eighth round. I think you have to get somebody very, uh, not comparable in terms of skill set, but very comparable in terms of this guy can be a top 12 quarterback next year. So let's let's say, Ray, I, I double tapped. Um, you know, I go, I go with Anthony Richardson, and I, and I double tapped with Jordan Love, you know, kind of back-to-back. Right. I, I think it's going to be a heavy investment at quarterback. I think if one of your guys is Anthony Richardson next year. I'm in a keeper league where you get to keep a guy from the first half of the draft and a guy from the second half of the draft. So you get two keepers. Uh, I That league's a super flex league. I have the option of keep, keeping Anthony Richardson or Puka Nakua. <laughs> what would you decide? What would you do right now today, Kyle? Super what are your other league? quarterback? I mean, what's your other protection? Do you know who your other protection is? You can only keep one quarterback. Okay. So it would, it would be Richardson or I, I think I'd keep Richardson. I think I would. Um, I, I just feel Ray, it's going to be easier to find a guy with 85 catches. You can draft that guy early Richardson. If you've got him in a super flex league, Ray, mm-hmm. I, I think that's tough to say no yeah. to. Now, if it were a single QB league, right. I'd go Nakua. Yeah. But because it's in effect, the two QB setup, I think Richardson's my guy. Yeah. I'm going to give up the greatest rookie wide receiver of yeah. all time. <laughs> And I, it's, a, it's a legitimate question. That, that's why I asked you. And I think that uh-huh. in the case of Richardson, we saw the good and we saw the really bad. Like, And you said it perfectly. His skill set is so fantasy friendly. It's hard to turn away from it, even mm-hmm. if there are legitimate concerns about his ability as a passer and now concerns about his health. That health piece, and it's, it's a storyline that will hit on so hard in preseason in 2024, all these quarterbacks – Injury, injury, injury. Is he more? Is he injury prone? Nah. Does he put himself in some bad spots by running? Sure. But mm-hmm. we saw it this year. Even pocket passers got pocket passers got hurt. So it'll be a. He'll be drafted probably as a QB one. I ran a poll. Who's the number one quarterback next year? And someone, only one person, but someone wrote in Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah. So you know there are people out there that are, are, are true believers, Kyle. Yeah. Well, no, nobody thought Jalen Hurts was going to be the number one fantasy QB. I think he was last season. Maybe it was Mahomes still, but you know Richardson and, and Hurts kind of have that same setup. Um, and it, it'll come to. I don't think he can do enough passing on its own. He's got to get the rushing numbers. But I think that's likely with Indianapolis. I mean, why? I, I guess maybe you. It's tough to just unlearn that. If you're Anthony Richardson, yeah. and even with the injuries, it's tough to to lasso him in and say, "Nah, let's let's work on this pocket stuff." I I just don't think when you drafted Anthony Richardson, you kind of committed to your, yourself. Come hell or high water, we're gonna embrace his skill set. And this year they got hell and high water probably with Anthony Richardson. It didn't work out in in terms of hell, but I think they're gonna have to stick with that decision and that draft pick. Um, but hey, big names: Burrow, Herbert, Richardson, Cousins, Rogers, Watson, Jones. Uh, and others, we didn't even throw like a Jimmy Garoppolo in here, but uh, he obviously had some issues throughout the season. So uh, that continues our look at the QB position for 2023. We'll have a bit more on this tomorrow. Uh, maybe take a look ahead to the QB class of 2024. 
because uh, we may have a uh, double tap in the NFL draft. One, two could be a couple of quarterbacks going early there. Uh, Ray, that will do it for us today. Obviously, we're back tomorrow at 11 a.m. More football, DFS stuff, some one and done stuff, uh, more on the quarterbacks, maybe some baseball, but we'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it as always, Kyle. Yes, and and there is a rumor we may have a, a pretty big announcement. You might. Coming your way on Friday. Don't forget. Might. No promises, might. But you should stick around for the, for the news on Friday. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Facebook. X, YouTube, podcast, wherever you are, this has been Fantasy Sports Daily powered by FantasyGuru.com.